Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Well, we're in the middle of Hillsong 2010 here in Sydney. There's been 24,000 people gathered at the Acer Arena and it's been absolutely incredible. One of the guys who's been uh, leading worship, singing out the front with his acoustic guitar, is a guy named Tim Hughes. Now, he's based at Holy Trinity Brompton, which is well known as the Alpha Church. Nicky Gumbel, uh, the minister there, has... Uh, uh, come up with this brilliant idea called the Alpha Course, which you may have heard of. It's all over the world. I've done it 10 times. Absolutely love it. And uh, Tim's well known for songs uh, that have been sung all over the world. Uh, songs like Beautiful One, Here I Am to Worship, uh, and uh, a few others we can talk about. But he's absolutely a gift to the body of Christ. And uh, it's a blessing to have you here in Australia, mate. Welcome to Australia. What do you think about Australia? No, I love Australia. Been here f- uh, a few times before. Uh, my sister-in-law is Australian, so uh, no, very soft spot for the Australians. Mate, all right. Well, let's find out a bit of your story. Um, you mentioned to me that uh, you became a Christian at the age of 11. Tell me, what was your family upbringing like, and how did you become a Christian? Well, my, my dad's actually a leader of church. So I've, I always grew up... Um, I guess knowing about God and, and you know, I, I guess I never really didn't be- believe, always had a faith, but there comes a moment for everyone where you have to make that choice. You know, it's uh, becoming a Christian is about, you know, accepting Christ into your heart. And so I guess for me, that was the moment where I thought, actually, uh, I want the number one thing in my life, the thing I live for, to be be God and to surrender my dreams and ambitions to Him. And actually, it's been the best thing I've ever done. It's amazing, you know, the, the fulfillment, the peace, the excitement, the adventure. You know, obviously life brings with it lots of ups and downs and trials, but um, God's been so good in the midst of all of that. So, uh, yeah, best thing I ever did. Now tell me, um, you know, growing up as a teenager, uh, were you very musical? Did you start worship leading at the age of two? You know, like, <laughs> how did you get into into music? Yeah, well, I wasn't particularly musical. It was when I was um, 14, I, I began to learn the guitar and uh, would spend time in my room just worshipping and singing and writing. And someone uh, kind of, I guess, obviously saw a bit of enthusiasm and got alongside and sort of really pulled that up out of me. So um, it's definitely been a process of working hard, sort of, guitar and singing and songwriting and what about your first time in in a church leading worship what was that like <laughs> yeah well, i remember it. it was one of those few days in england where it was really sunny and hot and i was wearing shorts and my i was so nervous that my knees were like shaking and knocking together and i remember the whole set all i was thinking about was just trying to lock my knees down and not shake too much so um definitely hopefully it's, it's improved a bit since then <laughs> and what kind of a church uh, have you been a part of well a uh, few churches but um I guess part of the Anglican church. Um, obviously, my dad was a vicar, so part of the church he used to lead. And then when I was um, early 20s, I moved to a um, church called Soul Survivor Watford. Soul Survivor is this amazing youth ministry that sort of puts on conferences where just under 30,000 people gather each summer. And so it's a big part of that um, before moving to um, be part of Holy Trinity Brompton in London. Well, I actually lived in England for six months when I was a young fella, in Nottingham, actually. You, can you tell the accent? Anyway, and uh, I got to know an evangelist named Jay John, and uh, he's absolutely brilliant. And uh, I went to Greenbelt Festival, saw Cliff Richard and Randy Stonehill, and it was absolutely amazing. And ever since then, I've followed the, you know, the Christian music scene in the UK, 
incredible, delirious, you know, um, Matt Redman, uh, Tim Hughes, you know, you're, you're one of the, the new guys on the scene in the last, you know, bunch of years. Uh, tell me, um, uh, what, what's the, uh, what's the heart of Soul Survivor? Like, Soul Survivor is probably the, the biggest youth movement in, you know, in the UK. What's the heart behind that? Is it just worship or is it evangelism? You know, what's it all about? Yeah, it's a few things. Obviously, worship's huge. Outreach, mission and evangelism has been big. We've been, uh, we moved our festivals a few years ago to London and had them right at the heart of the city where we worshipped in the morning and then in the afternoons we went out and painted people's houses and picked up litter and kids groups and visited prison, all of that. Um, which is amazing. But I think the other key thing is it's mobilizing youth rather than saying, you know, you have to wait till you've studied university 22 before you can really make a difference. It's saying, hey, 14 years old, you can do whatever you want. You know, dream big. God can do incredible things. And so actually seeing young people sort of going for it, crazy ideas, stepping out, doing these amazing things. You know, I, th- I think of a girl in our church back home who um, she was been prayed for. She had one leg was longer, shorter than the other. She's prayed for and her leg was healed and you know, both the same same length, which is a real miracle. And she uh, she got up at her school assembly and told the story. And, and then uh, during a, a kind of lunch break, a whole bunch of people were teasing her. One of the ringleaders, um, he actually had the same thing. And she said, well, look, I'm going to pray for you. I, if, if You know, you can mock my God, but I believe my God can heal. And she prayed for him and his leg grew and he was healed. And he's like on this amazing journey, sort of checking out church and couldn't believe it. And so, you know, young people don't have that filter of <gasps> what will people think of me? They just go for it. And it's amazing. We need to release that. Well, you know, I've got to thank you. You know, one of um, one of your songs, Beautiful One, you know, it was probably the first big song of yours I can remember hearing in, in Australia. And um, I was actually dating at the time, you know, and uh, falling in love with my now wife of seven years. And uh, we'd sing in the car together. We'd worship along to this song, Beautiful One. I'd look over at her and think, yeah, she's a beautiful one, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of worship songs are actually really uh, romantic, aren't yeah. they? You know, they talk about a relationship with God. Um, how do you write your songs? Is it, a, is it a, a part of your everyday relationship with God? Does it just flow out of that? How, how does it come to you? Yeah, I mean, worships um, and songwriting has to come from emotion, the depth of us. So there's definitely some of them are um, things I'm learning. The scriptures are hugely important in shaping my songs. Um, you can hear all the songs in the background. Hear some. Um, but uh, I, I think the, the key is just to be open to what's around you. You know, what are you learning? What's inspiring you? Conversations, books, themes, and just start writing, you know, uh, just anything, any idea I record on my phone or write a lyric down in a book and just build up this kind of material which then often shapes into a song. Here I am to worship. Tell me how that one came about. Yeah, well, that was, uh, I was studying university and I've been reading about Philippians, Philippians 2, where it talks about us imitating Jesus' humility and how he you know, gave up everything he had in heaven, walked on the earth, obedient to death, even death on a cross. And it just really just got me, that whole theme. And, um, you know, you talk about worship being a response to revelation. I guess that was a classic, just responding to understanding God's love and I just sat down and began to sort of sing you know light of the world you step down into darkness and and actually um sometimes songs take a while to to formulate and for that one I had the verses um and that section I never know how much it cost but I could never finish a chorus struggled away for for months and then eventually I was listening to a tape of old ideas and heard a melody that thought actually that could fit really well 
with the chorus, with the, the verse of uh, Here I'm to Worship. So kind of the song eventually combined to, to work as one. So you've got to give songs time, you know, to breathe and develop. Now I've heard you sing uh, uh, Coming Back to the Heart of Worship a lot. Um, how important is the, uh, the heart behind that song, you know? Because worship events can really get caught up in a big show, but it's really just coming back to, you know, when the music fades, all is stripped away. To, you know, tell us about that song. You know, a good friend, Matt Redman, um, I guess wrote that out of the church. We are part of Soul Survivor, where everyone had become connoisseurs of the music, you know. Do we like this song? And, um, you know, oh, it's this worship leader today. Or, you know, rather than saying, well, I'm here to give, it's like consumer. And so the pastor, Mike Pilavachi, banned the band, and people just sat there in silence. It's like, well, if you want to sing a song, lead in a song, do that. You know, and teaching people to bring their own worship. And actually, that's the key, you know, as worship leaders. We're trying to release people to worship. We're not trying to perform to them. And it's so important, the difference between performance and facilitating others to worship God. Well, I had a a holy moment today at Hillsong. Uh, There was a real theme about justice and mercy for the poor. And, the, uh, you know, Christine Kane spoke about the 27 million people in uh, in sex slavery or slavery around the world. And... And then after they finished speaking, you got up and sang this song, yeah. We Must Go, which we've done at my church before, actually. And it's just a powerful song. Tell us about the heart behind that song, We Must Go. Yeah, well, it came... Um, I uh, worked with an amazing charity called Tear Fund, and they said, look, could you look at writing a song about... And it was a theme I'd been thinking about, and I'd, I'd been in Tanzania and met some amazing people and saw the reality of poverty and brokenness there and and so this theme you know that we worship a god of justice we live in a world you know ravaged by injustice um and so actually we we need to remind ourselves that god is pure god is just but also that actually our worship isn't just about coming to him and meeting with him and one another it's about going it's about making a difference to the last the least the lost the people on the margins of society that we're there to stand alongside them and so really it's a song that hopefully just reminds us in the midst of all those moments that God is so good that actually God is calling us to reach out. Now, uh, I mentioned before that you're part of uh, Nicky Gumbel's church, Holy Trinity, Brompton, well, God's church and Nicky Gumbel's the minister. And uh, the Alpha Course is such an impacting course. For those that haven't heard about the Alpha Course, tell us what it's all about. Well, basically, the Alpha Course is, is looking at um, it's sort of 10 sessions that look at the meaning of life and who is Jesus. And, you know, often the church is thought about as boring, irrelevant, out of touch. And this is a really relaxed course. It says, well, come and have a look. You know, maybe you've thought about God, about faith, but you don't know much. Well, come and there's no pressure. So the way it works is we eat together. We have... Um, uh, a bit of a talk on whether it's the Bible, it's on the cross, it's on prayer, and then um, an opportunity to get into small groups and discuss. And that's the amazing key, because you hear this talk, which might challenge you, you might completely disagree with, and then you get in a group with other people who are figuring stuff out, and you, you'll say, well, I thought that was a load of rubbish because of this, and uh, someone else will say, well, that's really interesting. I've, you know, it's like you're learning together. And the power of that works so well, and we've seen uh, you know, over 15 million people have done the course worldwide in countless nations, and there's something very powerful about doing it. So if you are interested, or if you've just thought, I wonder if this God thing's real, then I think it's the most amazing thing to do.
Now, I like I said, I've done the course 10 times, and you know, every time we've done it at our church, we've seen people um, become Christians or get healed or you know, have, have some amazing experience with God. Um, now, there might be people listening, you know, that right now are thinking, you know, I like this guy's music, I love the passion behind uh, you know, his message and what he's all about, and people might want to. You know, connect with God now and become a Christian. Would you speak to those listeners about how they might do that? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, faith is it's a simple thing. You know, Jesus talks about faith of a child, so I think the key thing is, you know, if you're looking for God, it's just to be open and honest. And you know, I think it's it's saying, God, here I am. You know, I'm lost. I need help. You know, and I believe that you're the one who can help me. I think it's about saying, God, I'm sorry. I know there's things in my life that are wrong, decisions I've made that are bad, people I've treated that have, you know, been been out of form, and um, I need your help. So you're sort of saying sorry. It's saying thank you that Jesus is a God who, in dying on the cross and rising again, has the power to forgive. You know, so many people you see, they're kind of weighed down by unforgiveness. And actually to know that we can receive forgiveness, a second chance, washed clean, wider than the snow. And actually it's an amazing thing. So I'd say, yeah, say sorry, say thank you, receive God, say I want to follow you, I want to surrender to you and um, just accept him. And then I think the other key thing is to tell someone and uh, get stuck in and meet with others who believe and learn. Well, mate, I, I just think, um, you know, so many people around the world have been impacted by your music. And, you know, if people want to respond to that, uh, you know, people might want to go and look at your website, you know, look at some of your music. Uh, uh, what's the best website to go to for that? Best website is a thing I do. It's called worshipcentral.org. Uh, and it's got loads of the songs. It's got um, articles. It's got videos. It's got podcasts, blogs, tons of stuff. So check that out, worshipcentral.org. All right, and what's coming up for you? Uh, you're here in Australia at Hillsong Church. Uh, what's what's next in your plans, and uh, any other albums you know on the way? No, I'm just I've just before coming here, I sort of spent two weeks in the studio, so uh, sort of halfway through recording a new album, and then uh, other things. Um, I've got some conferences back home in England. Uh, third baby on the way. Um, so lots of exciting things sort of happening. So. Well, mate, I'm, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.